People deluded, I'm back again. I'm here with my good friend Graham. Good afternoon to you, fella. How you doing, man? Are you well and safe? Lo love to imagine you are. Yeah, good afternoon, mate. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas in advance to you and your family as well, man. Definitely yeah. Merry Christmas being top four it's, now. Uh, it's five days to my birthday, actually. I, um, I, my Merry birthday is Happy Christmas birthday in advance too. as well. Yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to Christmas. I've got a few more days and then I've got uh, 10 days off work, which I'm looking forward to. Oh, I'd be anyway, look, It's great to be back again. I really enjoyed the last time I was on with you. I thought we connected really well. I had a really good football chat, you know, because you're such a knowledgeable guy on football. So, Looking forward to coming back on today and uh, a nice breakdown of Arsenal today. I mean, that's a massive compliment coming from someone like yourself. As you know, I watch all of your videos, whether they be on AT AFTV or sister sort of channels and whatnot. And, you know, we might as well get straight into it. You know, the last time we have spoke, we've had a couple of fixtures. We, you know, we had a very good week last week. Just before I ask you how you feel about Leeds and West Ham, where was you at going into um, last week? Because, again, Leeds did lose 7-0. We still needed to go to a tough Ellen Road. And West Ham's West Ham, it was our first real test of our credentials and if and this new look team so where was you at going into the two fixtures in the week uh, I, I thought that the um the Leeds fixture was a, a was was I, you know i thought we were lucky to play it i thought because they had a lot of injuries um, a lot there was a lot of, yeah. lot of games cancelled over the weekend um covid obviously cancellations but i think it it raises the bigger issue of uh, when squads are stretched by not just COVID, but by massive injuries, where the game should take place. So when I saw the Leeds lineup, uh, or they had something like nine of their 25 man squad unavailable, yeah, seven injuries, it didn't look a strong team at all. So I would expect us to go there and put in an emphatic performance and win the game. And if we're going to get top four, that's the sort of game against those sort of opponents you've got to impose yourself on and win. It came off the back of a really good performance against West Ham. I thought the West Ham performance was the most complete performance I've seen from an Arsenal team for a long time, bearing in mind that that was against a direct top four rival, you know, that, and uh, I was a bit worried Six about that. Game. Arguably. I've seen a lot of West Ham this year and they really impressed me. So I, I thought going into, uh, on the back of the two defeats against Man United and Everton, uh, Southampton, uh, West Ham, and Leeds to come out of that with three wins and get our season back on track to get into the top four going on into Christmas is probably more than I dare hope for, really, to be honest. Uh, and and I thought there's some good things emerging now, not just in the results, in the direction the team's going, in the way that uh, the team is being coached, uh, which you see from the evidence on the pitch, uh, and that the performance of some of our young players who are now really starting to uh, put in some really great performances that, that belie their years. So I was, you know, but going back to your original question, I, I, I would have been unhappy if we hadn't won at Leeds on Saturday, bearing in mind the team that Leeds put out. You mentioned, you mentioned um, you can start to see the system and things. What, what have you made of the system under Arteta? And, you know, what do you, what are you directly referring to when you see, you say you can see building blocks, etc.? Um. I, I, what I've seen actually is um, over the last few weeks is 
it's you know obviously it's it's come from really the Abamian situation really. Um, oh, we're going to get so, into that. Yeah, I know. You, <laughs> I know you want to get into that situation, <laughs> but I think in a way, um, the Abamian situation has has allowed him to sort of like put in place the system that he can't put in place when Abamian plays. And I know that I'm I'm a massive first of all the I'm an absolutely massive Abamian fan, so. And I and I and to see him lose his place in the team was disappointing to me personally. What happened last week obviously upset me and all that because uh, I I do feel it's going to be hard for him to get back now into the side. And as football sometimes is is about situations lead to opportunities for others and how they take them. So I think that uh, Lacazette has come in. He's more suited to what how Arteta wants us to play, and yeah. and that's what I've always thought. And I think the role that Martinelli's now playing is the role that really Emery, uh, not Emery, <laughs> uh, Arteta wanted Aubameyang to play. I know he's played yeah. centre forward this year, but I think he's always preferred him on the left, coming making those into out runs that uh, Martinelli's making. So um, the fact that all of a sudden uh, these young players are starting to deliver his vision on the pitch, um, I think to me is what I've made out of the the whole thing that's gone on around the club in the last few weeks. And and you've seen sort of like um, now you've seen Odegaard starting to have an influence on pulling the strings from centre mid, um, coming more central, uh, but also being able to sort of like drift across the pitch onto the right-hand side and build a good partnership with Bukayo Saka. I like the, the way that uh, Lacazette comes out the middle and then Tierney doesn't hug the touchline all the time now. He sometimes underlaps. Variety to his play. Yeah, variety yeah. in the build-up more now. So I've seen a difference in the way we build up. Uh, it was it was very stereotyped. I mean, an- people who used to analyse Arsenal could take a day off before a yeah, fixture. Yeah, yeah, saving every game. Yeah, yeah, really historically. We yeah. knew we knew what they were going to do, mate, didn't we? But it's it's changed in the last few weeks, and whether it's because of uh, the confidence now in the team, whether it's because. Uh, of the situations presenting itself around Lacazette, who I think does suit us more. For all that, Lacazette has got to be really unselfish, is what Arteta said on Saturday night. The way he uh, plays in that position, because early, you know, early in the season we were playing almost like that in a number ten role to get a yeah. centre forward in that four four one one or four four two. But really, his best position, I think, is leading the line at number nine. Uh, and I think the way he able to drop deep, link the play, uh, and sometimes uh, position himself up against centre-halves uh, to, to create space that way. Uh, the way he drops off sometimes into midfield as well, he's he offers the complete performance. I think I saw a statistic over the weekend. Uh, he had something like 30 pressures in that game off the ball for Arsenal, the most That's of any Arsenal did, player yeah. this season. That shows his work rate. Um, and, he, and I think this role he's playing now means that the old role, when he was playing it where he was almost like uh, dropping into midfield and then almost being like a number 10, then having to arrive in the box as a second striker. So basically he was knackered after 60 minutes. Yeah, so you're never going to get role now, he's able to, he's able to, to stay on the pitch for the, the full 90 uh, because he's not doing that. So that's what I've seen. Clever movement from our young players playing really off an old war horse, you could say. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really come out of the thing that's what's been going on around the Bamiyan. I mean, it's, you know, on the topic of strikers, I personally feel when we look at our strikers, I, I think it's a bit as good as our season's kind of turning in our fourth 
the one thing I could want to see is a bit of clarity, whether it's short, medium or long-term futures. There's speculation over literally all of them. We've got the young Balogun and what we do with his next steps. Eddie and Ketia might very well start tomorrow. Um, Aubameyang might leave. Where are you at with Lacazette and the new deal then? Because to play devil's advocate, I agree wholeheartedly with everything you said. He's still only got two goals this season. Everything's going right. Is he the man that's necessarily going to score? Um, with Aubameyang leaving, is it potentially leaving in general this summer? Does that open up the door for you to give Lacazette a new deal? Or is it you know a marriage that's going to come to a divorce in the summer regardless? I think as well as he's been playing, I think the marriage will come to an end at the end of the season. And I think it's probably the right move. Um, uh, for two reasons, I think. Uh, one, I think his age. Uh, I think, um, you know, I think, uh, I'm not saying footballers can't be um, uh, good in their mid-30s. And we've seen evidence of certain players like Ronaldo uh, who, who seem to be playing as well as yeah, but I, I just think that um, I, I think also I think that I think I want in a funny sort of way I'm a bit not greedy that's the wrong word but I, I just think I want a, um, a striker no, offers a little bit more in terms of goal scoring you just touched on it there I think he's only scored two goals this season uh, I think he's only had about seven shots in the season exactly. so so I don't think he shoots enough for me now and I don't uh, the quality he offers is delivering uh is is it delivering for other people at the moment that's clear but i just want a striker who can score 20 30 Charity goals on, right. and then yeah. i think we haven't got that with lacquer i don't think we've ever really had that with lacquer he's a great player great professional uh, and uh i think the funny enough when i used to see him at lille he used to banging in the goals playing almost like in a different way in that lille team uh uh was it lille or leon I leon, can't leon, leon leon yeah whether uh but yeah, he's been a he's been a great servant for Arsenal, and I think um, you know. But I I think that it's time Arsenal has come to an end. Exactly, and that's sadly how I look at it as well. I mean, but like you said it, Lacazette's a very good player. I do feel Lacazette's fans, including myself, probably because he doesn't score goals, we overcompensate with working hard and dropping deep yeah. and all of these sort of things. Um, where where are you at with the back five? Because for me, I enjoy it. I know Ben White, you know, he conceded a penalty. I, I watched that goal again. I think it all comes from initially a throw-in on the left-hand side. It's about nine passes, which leads to it. Joel Gohart's picked up off the ball and then there's a, a space that's vacated and sadly Ben White's tried to be a hero and it wasn't that sort of party. Where are you at with our back five? Because I was disappointed we didn't keep a clean sheet, but I just love yeah. the performance of Tierney and Tommy Asu and everyone, really. Yeah, I, I, I'm really happy with the back five, to be honest. Um, I think, um, yeah, you're right. Ben White was very rash uh, and um, he has got that in his game, actually. Uh, a couple of times this season, uh, he's been a bit rash. A couple of times, he's been too easily shown on the inside. He hasn't come out and engaged uh, a couple of times when you thought he might have done. But for all that, I think he's a class centre-half uh, on the ball. Uh, and I think he gives us so much when we play out. Uh, I think the one who's really impressed me, deluded, is Tommy Asu. I yeah. think, I'll tell you what, you saw the difference when he went off on Saturday night. When That's where it went wrong. Among yeah. everything, I mean, we lost. We lost that right hand side. We lost the combat, the combativeness, combativeness that he brings, the uh, energy, we lost the, the, the aerial duels, everything right. that he does. There was one situation in the first half where he chased the ball down the right hand side and turned and just moved away from his man, shrugged him off, and just came forward. And he got fouled, I think, in the end. But yeah, he, he's the one for me 
who and the fact that he's, he can play inverted, he gives the balance to the team. He's an unselfish player. He's, he's almost like the Lacazette of the defence. Yeah, for me, you can see him being uh, part of the I think Gabriel's been absolutely awesome this year, uh, and I think him and White still a fantastic partnership. Kian Tierney's come back in now; he's getting back up to speed. But we know we have got Tavares, who's who's a really competent backup, who I think can come in and do a job. And we've seen good moments from him. And the, and uh, Ramsdale has come in and and really exceeded all expectations. Uh, and and uh, I think only two goalkeepers in the Premier League, the Wolves keeper and the Leicester keeper, made more saves than Ramsdale in the Premier League this season, which probably is not a good thing, showing that we're not protecting him enough, you could argue. But for all that, I just, what he offers to us, not just in his saves, is in his ball distribution. I mean, that long ball he pinged down uh, for Martinelli. Uh, last week. Week. Yeah, and, and the way he plays. So I'm really happy with our back five. Um, I think that the, the, the one area of the pitch I'm still worried about is centre mid. You set my next question up perfectly, Graham. <laughs> Do you, this is like clockwork, man. Fantastic link-up play. I, I wanted yeah. to ask you on our midfield because I just feel like you said everybody's playing well and I know Xhaka's coming back for injury and we spoke last time about Partey talking about his confidence. But as I, as you, I feel, you know, the defence has been somewhat exceptional. We're finding balance in attack. I just feel the midfield is, is, is sixes out of tens, really, out of max, really. It's not that they're playing bad and... That's the spine of our team. We're not going to become a great defensive side or a great attacking unit until that midfield, we actually look at it and we say, what is it about? So where are you at with the last few games, all things considered with, you know, specifically Xhaka and Partey and just the midfield area? Because we are approaching January. We could fix this in theory or try to. Yeah, we are. And uh, we're going to lose players to AFCON, aren't we? So um, where am I with our midfield? Uh, I think that obviously... Disappointingly for me, Lekonga lost his place in the side. He was he was playing well again. Uh, he had a man of match performance against Newcastle. Uh, apart from the Liverpool game, I think he's done really well for us. Uh, so with his progressive passing and everything, uh, he can't shift across and do that role that Jacker plays, putting it left back uh, when Tierney goes high. But when you keep the pivot close together, I think he's been excellent. You know, against whoever he's, whoever he's played with, I think. Uh, uh, Thomas Party continues to slightly underwhelm me for whatever reason. Um, he's not, he's struggling to adapt to the Premier League, even he'll, he'll admit that. He's even got on record as saying he's only seen himself as scoring four out of ten in his performances, so he knows he's not at the level that he wants to be. Uh, and Granite Jacker, for all the, what he offers, has, has got that mistake in him that, that, I mean, he saw that rashness on Saturday night, he got away with it a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and I don't, you know, they've been okay, but I, if we want to go to the next level, I just think we need better, uh, and that's the. Uh, and I look at the other sides midfields in the top sides, and, and would any of our centre mids get into those top sides? And I, I think not, uh, and, and I think that is the weakness for me, is is really in centre midfield. Uh, when you think of the players we used to have in centre midfield in the past under Wenger, you know, ball players, creative players, progressive midfielders. Of, you know, really good midfielders. I don't think we've got the quality there now. Uh, and that's the one area of the team, really, apart from an out-and-out goal scorer. Uh, if I could just, if you could just get an out-and-out quality striker and, and uh, address our centre-mid issue, I, I think we would have a team challenging next year. Uh, you know, up there challenging. Well, we're a long way behind Liverpool Man City. I'm not saying we're, we're nowhere near their level, but... You know, it would be the next step of this team, of this process of, for Arteta, of building the team, getting us back to where we want to be. 
So centre mid for me, yeah, is an issue. And I don't think we've got the quality there. Whether party can grow and be that player yet remains to be seen. I don't, I personally don't think he will. And I think Granite Jacker, uh, I just don't rate the guy. I just, that's just my opinion. You know, I know there's a lot of Jacker fans who rip into me uh, every time oh, I Jacker <laughs> sexuals, as I call them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, but I, I, look, um, I'm not saying that he's not a good technical footballer, but I think he's immobile. I think he's not good with the press. I think he's got a lot of things that, that he's not good at recoveries. A lot uh, of and, and outweigh the very few problems. Yeah, yeah. He's got some qualities, but I just think that negatives outweigh the, the, the positives. Facts. And and I, I wanted to ask you, because you didn't say it, but you mentioned, you know, with Partey. And a part of me believes we're going to see a better Partey. I can't put my finger on it. Is it the system? Is it the, the tactics? Is it the manager? Is it just something with his mentality? Is it the injuries? You know, have we got him at when he's declining? Is there reality? Because we can't carry passengers. One thing I do like, whether I agree with the Abamian situation or Pepe situation, which are two different things, I like how Arteta kind of just tries to isolate it rather than kind of having it hanging over our squad, which we've seen in previous seasons. But we can't carry passengers. Now, from what I know, Partey is a model professional, but it's a results business is what you're doing on the field. Is there a reality where we might have to consider, you know what, this hasn't worked out. We might need to get someone else who can do that, maybe make him a squad player. I don't. I think it is probably too early to talk about moving him on. But yeah, the midfield. And as, as I said last time we spoke, for me, Mikel Arteta and Edu were midfielders. So no one should know better than them that we need to address this. And I think Arteta knows that. I feel with Xhaka staying, it somewhat kind of forced his hand in the same way you kind of said it with what was happening with Aubameyang now. It's not forced his hand, but it's given him a reason to play Martinelli. So where are you at if, if we don't start seeing performances from Partey, really? Um, where I'm at is is that looking at his age, um, I, I I think that if he's if he's not performing to the level we get we need soon, I think we'll, I will move him on. Um, and that's you know I thought that I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day about that sort of like um, it's, it's part of me that thinks that surely he can't carry on being what he is at the moment. I he seems to lack confidence to, to sort of get in spaces to receive the ball. He's you look Lost at the, his mojo. He, yeah, he lacks all. Yeah, and, and when he played with Lekonga the other, the last time I saw him, I think it's the Newcastle game. I think it was Lekonga made something like eleven more progressive passes than him in the game. And he created and six chances. Lekonga was the more. And the thing is, what he's had to deal with admittedly is because they know he's a good player. Uh, he's had his passing lanes blocked. He, he's, yeah. he's marked. You expect that in the Premier League, don't you? I, I just think that the Spanish league obviously suited him, uh, and also the fact that in the Atletico Madrid system suited him. I think that's and, it, and it, uh, if you look at some of these Atletico Madrid players who've left Atletico, gone to other clubs yeah, to do, they haven't success, yeah. haven't kicked on, have they? Uh, and it could be that they just look good. In Simone's got such a great system that suits those players. Um, so. Um, you know, I still want him to be the player I think he could be. And I still just hope he might be. But if he can't be that, I think we're just going to have to, you know, sort of like look to move him on. But if you you can't, if you look at the midfield, if you're, you know, we're uh, sort of almost like wielded into this Jacker thing now. He's giving him the contract extension, which I didn't agree with. Uh, but, you know, this, this bullshit about protecting his value. Uh, I just can't. You know, it's serious you know, people. It's just crazy thinking. So, um, and and you're thinking, well, 
a lot of people say they're good as a partnership, and there have been some games where they have been good as a partnership. Yeah, I hate right? a miss for me. But I, I just, for me, I'll just look at other midfields, more mobile, more progressive, uh, and, and and offering more than what our two do. And, and if we've got these uh, four young players now uh, competing for three places up top, you could get them the right people in behind them. Uh, you know, they, they, could, they could be even more better than what they are. I think what's noticeable for me over the last few weeks is that Odegaard has been almost like dropping deep to be <sighs> what these other two midfielders can't be. Uh, and even now, I see Lack, sorry to cut you, but Lacker drops, everybody drops. I think yeah. you saw that against Leeds, you saw that against West Ham. You know, it's any coincidence. Yeah. When our players are closer to goal, they make more chances. You're completely right, yeah. Graham, on that. Yeah, so uh, that's where I am with it. I, I do think we need upgrade in those areas. Um, you know, whether you move one or both of them on. Uh, I still think that there's a player there in party because I've seen it. I see that dominant performance against Liverpool in the Champions League. That was against Liverpool. So I just just disappointed. It doesn't always work out for some players in different leagues, does it? So and it could just be that. Exactly, it could just be that. And as for me, you know, again, other clubs do it better than us, and it's easier said than done. But sometimes, you know, let's try everything to get him playing, or just anyone. But if it doesn't work out, let's nip it in the bud. Personally, I'd still persist with Partey. I think there's a player there. It's just down to him. I do think there's a bunch of reasons. I, I think the main one for me, and I don't really mean this as an insult to Thomas Partey, I think he's an extremely limited footballer, and he hasn't got that amazing IQ. What I mean by that is... You know, Simeone got him. You had a specific role. You pass the ball, you see Saul, these technical midfielders. Um, you know, he had a specific role. I feel he's come to Arsenal and we've looked at his physical attributes and said he can do this and that. And I think like a lot of players, even Xhaka, the lines start getting blurred. Everybody can do everything, but they're not a specialist of anything, really. And I think that's yeah, really I, what I think, Yeah, I think the other thing is Arsenal. I think we want him to do slightly more than what he did at Madrid. And that, that's it. That's it. Yeah. And that's the scare. And that's the scary thing because I I get it. You have to win, you have to want to improve players. I remember um, Antonio Conte when Conte, you know, had done his thing at Leicester in his first year at Chelsea. Everybody was wild, and Conte got a lot of criticism because he said, "I like him, but he needs to be a bit more progressive." Lo and behold, he's improved years on. So sometimes you need to be able to improve players. But it just feels for me, honestly, we get a player, we just say, "You know what? You as an Atletico, we're trying to build something. Come here and sort it out." And I think Odegaard is a completely different footballer. I think he was victim of that. I think Mesut. Ozil was victim of that. And I think there's going to be other... I think even I agree, Aubameyang's been that. I just don't like generally how we look at one manager or one coach or one player to just turn this thing around. You know, you know better than me. Our first attacker is Aaron Ramsdale. You know, there'd be no point in him being good on the ball. Our first defender is Lacazette. We need to make this the actual minimum. Speaking about the young players, the first one I want to speak about is Odegaard, really, because, again, I do think he's... To describe him, he'd be probably hit and miss with a lot of fans. Even I go back to the United game. I know he conceded a penalty, but I think if you, you know, it was almost a drop of a hat. People every 10 minutes were switching. I think he's found his feet. I feel, unfortunately, I wish we could play 12 players because Smith Rowe and him would be lovely and we can't exactly do that. So where are you at with Martin Odegaard now? Yeah, well, I'm really impressed with him. Uh, so, yeah, um, I think he's uh, obviously came back into the team. He, he, at the start of the season, he, he, he lost a bit of form. Uh, and was taken out of the team. Uh, that's why Lacazette was almost like playing in his position. But I, I, I think now he's come back in, he's found his feet. I, I think the system uh, Arteta's flipped to with Lacazette as number nine suits him because he's creating the space for him. Uh, I think he understands positioning space so well. 
the pass he played for Smith Rowe on the Saturday night when that goal was a delightful ball. The first the one where Saka and Laka should have scored in the first two minutes odd was easy. Yeah, some of his passing is different, different gravy in it. So is there's quality there. Uh, we know there's quality. He's still only you forget he's only young himself. He's only about twenty two, and he and he's going to get better. I think he's a quality player. A lot of people, obviously. Uh, you know, the Ozil comparison, so, you know, that's what he had to face when he came in. Uh, but I think, you know, I think he's going to be a really top player. Uh, and I've seen over the last few games, the way he's influencing the games, the way he drops deep, pick the ball up, the way, he, just the way to pass to get out of situations, the, and the way he opens his body up to receive the ball and let it run across him. Uh, and I just think he's got a lot of quality. Uh, and And I think, um, the important thing is now that we put him in the positions of the pitch where he can show that. And I think we've started to do that. Do you feel people underrate his leadership qualities? I know Arsenal make yeah, a big job and dance about it, yeah. but yeah, man, do you think he's a leader? Because I just feel yeah. he's, he's not ugly, isn't it? He's a pretty boy, so it doesn't it doesn't go for him. He's not <laughs> the image of a leader. I mean, he could be yeah. a model, really. I think it goes against be, yeah. him a lot. <laughs> You wouldn't mind looking like him, would you? No, you wouldn't, mate. Yeah, <laughs> <not good. laughs> um, look, he's, he's, he's captain of Norway, isn't he? That's, that's the yes, first thing. And, and I think he has got leadership qualities. And, I, and I've got a sneaky feeling that, that they're going to run with this leadership thing to the end of the season, sort of like with Lacazette, uh, Jacker, or the leadership group. It'll spin between them. And then I think you'll find he'll be the captain at the start of next season. I know there's a shout for Kian Tierney. Um, but um, I just think Odegaard... I just got this sneaky feeling he's going to get the role, and he's definitely a leader yeah. for me. He, he, you don't become captain of your country at that age if you're not a leader. Exactly. And, and, yeah. I yeah, mean, definitely. I mean, where are you at in terms of that leadership group stuff, anyways? Because I, I, I don't know where I stand. A part of me loves it. A part of me thinks it's a bit, it's a bit unneeded. I do think we have young leaders or leaders in waiting, and I do think we could look to use Lacazette and things like that. Where my problem is, is we're relying on the senior players, and there's a lot of speculation over their futures. So, where are you at with the leadership group and potential our next captain, anyways? Well, I don't particularly like it. To be fair, uh, I think. The problem is we've arrived at this leadership group because we've been so naff at picking our captains. <laughs> you look at the last eight or nine captains. I mean, we, the 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 um the person who took uh, Abamyang took over from Jacker, uh, who who basically got stripped. So somebody's been stripped who took over from someone who was stripped. <laughs> you had two of them sort of like basically. You think back to the um and. Um, Fabregas who went on strike you've had captains going on strike you've got Gallus who sat on the pitch and then oh, wow. He's the, the worst city, one of the bunch, city press it? conference uh, t- attacking the team you don't do that when you're a captain I mean the cap- the, either the club have, the club would be really stupid or the way they pick the captains uh, because it's been reflected in the way they've acted so it's almost like they've come up with this leadership group now that almost like and the leadership group is formed out of who people respect at the club. I think the players might pick it, I think, from what I've heard. But I just think you, you, you name a captain. You, you have leaders anyway. Uh, I'm pretty sure when our great captains for me have been Tony Adams and Patrick Vieira, but I'm pretty sure we had leaders on the pitch. We didn't have to say there's a leadership group. They just led on the pitch anyway. Uh, and why do you have to create a leadership group? I just don't understand that. You have a captain and you have a vice captain, I think, and, uh, and that's it. And and I think because we've been so naff at picking our captains, we've created a leadership group almost like to deflect away from the fact that we just can't pick the right captain. You got, you've had captains as well. But, you know, we picked captains who didn't even get in the team. I mean, I've never known a club like us. I mean, we're, we're, we're bad at the club when it comes to captains, aren't we? 
Right. We've had ro- yeah, we've had road captains, you know, cap- captains who have just been on the injury treatment. We've used it to yeah. try and keep players at the football club. Captains who have thrown the armband down. Throwing the armband down yeah. and all still of that there. sort of stuff. Exactly, <laughs> still there. Who'd be your next captain? Because I know he's been here two minutes, but for me, it's between Tierney, Ramsdale and obviously Odegaard. I'd actually throw Gabriel's hat into the mix as well, depending yeah. on the language of English. I like my captain to be a centre-half because he sees the whole pitch. Um, I think Ramsdale he leads on the pitch. He's a fan, you know. He would be a fantastic captain, uh, and I think Kieran Tierney for me just is it would be a great captain. Number but one. the trouble is with Kieran is I think he's injury prone. Yep. I I just got this. Who would I give it to? I think you know. As I said, I think Martin Martin Odegaard must be in the frame. Uh, so for me, it would be between between I think. Uh, Tierney and Odegaard, but the fact that uh, Tierney is always injured uh, or suffers from injury means I think Odegaard must be strongly. In fact, that all the messages I'm getting coming out of the club is they see him as the next captain. So, and I think that that think decision so. will be taken in the summer. I think so too. I think Odegaard is him in waiting, and I think it'll be interesting to see long term how we fit Smith Rowe and Odegaard in the team, especially how they're playing currently. I've left this question up here forever. I've been, been looking at it for about 10 minutes. Wait yeah, I apologize. I've just noticed, man. I've just been staring into your eyes and just enjoying our conversation. They, uh, thank you very much, Dr. Crypto Finn. You have said if we had 70 million to throw on a striker, who would Graham rather spend it on? Wow. Well, what, what, um, it, it's a it's a difficult one, isn't it? Um, uh, I think you asked me this question before, actually. Um, of you, don't it? Yeah. I, I, I think the one everyone's talking about is Calvert Lewin. Uh, I, I I would. Uh, how old is t- uh, Tony at Brentford? Is is he thirty one now? Twenty five, twenty six. You must. Yeah, be see, I, I like Tony. Uh, I like Tony. But pardon. Does Tony score enough goals for you? Um, probably not. Calvert Lewin gets more goals than he. Um, I, I've always think sometimes, uh, but for me, I, you know, I, I like the Fiorentina striker. And if you want someone to combine with Odegaard, Isaac played with him at Real Sociedad, didn't he? So uh, David is another one who's been mentioned. The mm. uh, boy. But, but it, look, I, um, for me, Tony or Calvert Lewin would be I, I would like uh, Tony. Tony for his physicality. Uh, Calvert Lewin, the officers, uh, not just his, he's close to the Lacazette, isn't he? In a way, yeah. you're yeah. thinking about the way you're thinking about a striker that might suit the way um, Arteta wants the team to play. I think Calvert Lewin would come into that. Would you throw um, Martinelli up there? As for, a, for, for, for me, uh, the Fiorentina striker, the, the Serbian striker, Vlavic. Yeah, I've been be really, really impressed with him this year. Yeah, but whether he, whether he's worth a, you know, that's a lot of money, isn't it? I, I, 70, 80 million. That's uh, the thing. Yeah, that's that's, that's that's the thing. It's like, would you consider but, probably maybe moving Martinelli there? And but I, I just think unless we get Champions League football, I don't think we're going to attract that type of player. I'll be honest with you. I, I think that we need the Champions League spot. If, if we, you know, we're in the top four now. If we could end up finishing top four, then I think. We would have a, a more of a pick of the striker we're going to bring in for next season. But if look, I've thought about it, I'm going to go. Uh, Vlavic would be my favourite, uh, and Calvert Lewin if we're going to pay the English tax. 
I hear that. Would you be open to maybe moving Martinelli up there and maybe getting a goal-scoring winger? And a, a bit of a double question, because this is really for me. Does it concern you, the striker thing? Because on one hand, it doesn't. It somewhat excites me knowing that we're looking to add a striker. But you kind of touched on it, you know. Unless you have Champions League or you're going to slap top dollar, we're not really going to get, like, kind of guaranteed goals. Not that anything's a guarantee. So then you probably have to sign those bridge players. And I think Isaac is that. I think he's got great potential. I think he'll score goals. But I do think, obviously, with him kind of being on the younger side, somewhat naive. I know Vlahovic is only 21. There might come those struggle periods. So is it a thing where we might have to be reliant in other areas on the pitch rather than necessarily sign a striker who's going to replace historically what Aubameyang used to do here? I, I think the good thing this season is that our midfielders are scoring goals and we are yeah. getting goals from all over the pitch now, which are, we, we're incredibly reliant on Aubameyang for, for two seasons. And when Aubameyang's form dipped last season and obviously this season, at the start of the season, there was no goals coming from, from anywhere else on the pitch. I think Smith-Rowe's got more goals now than any midfielder in the country. He's got I seven now. Our top goal scoring. Yeah, yeah Saka's starting to add a few goals to his game now. Uh, and, and Martinelli. Now, Martinelli, it's interesting that you mentioned there. Uh, he, whether he can play as a central striker is another question at the moment because he's better on that left-hand side. But I mean, one thing he does... The runs, yeah. Pardon? And making those runs you said earlier about yeah, how yeah. to get in, into out. But one thing he does do, to do he, 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 often when Lacquer drops in, he's moving more central anyway. So yeah. he, so I think the thing is, the only thing he lacks is being able to hold the ball up. That's the one thing he probably can't do yet. He's only a 20-year-old guy, isn't he? So um, that's the one side of his game that probably could be developed. He could become that striker, couldn't he? But I don't think he's quite there yet. So I do think we need... I'm not saying he can't play there a move inside or even covering a position occasionally um, for some games. Um, so it's an option, but I, I think you're going to need a, a striker there, I think, similar in to Lacazette uh, yeah. with, with more of a goal threat would, would be my, what I would want in that position. So but it, it is good that we're scoring goals from all around the pitch now. So um, Smith-Rowe scoring, as I say, Saka added one on Saturday night. Odegaard has scored uh, three in the previous three before Saturday night. So there's, there's, there's goals coming, you know, pretty much all around the pitch now, which is good to see. What about um, another one I saw earlier that we was linked with? Ollie Watkins, he was an Arsenal fan. I do think he's no, got a bit of I'm not a big fan of Ollie Watkins, me personally. I think he's, I'm not saying he's not a good player, but, you know, I just, uh, I, I wouldn't put him up there with some of the other ones we've been talking about. Makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. Well, you mentioned it and I haven't specifically asked you, but as an Arsenal fan, one great thing has obviously been the young players. When you look at it generally, you know, the defenders are quite young, the attacking players, you know, we could waffle about Martinelli for another hour. How does it make you feel? Because again, we've kind of been here before in that we've got young players, you know, we need to kind of guide them and whatnot. Do you have confidence that, you know, this time we might get it right? You know, do you, you know, where are you, in fact, where are you at with Arteta now? Because we're full for Christmas. <laughs> 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 I love the way you work that onto Arteta, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, let me be devil's advocate. <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm a lot older than you, mate, and I. So uh, yeah, you can tell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so That's I, I could, you know, I, um, back in 80, um, 85, 86, when the club were going for a real lean period, George Graham come in, History and he did very much similar age, things no? to what Arteta's done uh, this year, and that is he he got rid of a lot of the senior players like you. Yeah, Charlie Nicholas's, your Graham Rix's, your Kenny Sansom's, your Viv Anderson's. Everybody was horrified at the time. 
and he brought a load of youngsters in, Tony Adams, uh, David Rocky Rowcastle, right. Mickey Thomas, Niall Quinn, uh, Martin Hayes. All these type of players came through, right? And then he added quality to them uh, in, in defensive, uh, defensive numbers as well. And then he bought Ian Wright. And all of a sudden, we were winning league titles and, and, and FA Cups, which um, nobody foresaw at all. So, And he built his team around young players. So it can be done if you've got the quality. Uh, so we've seen young players come in before and not make the, the grade, obviously, because that, that very much goes with, I should imagine, uh, the way the sport is. Not every young player is going to make it. you know. So, But I, I do think, looking at this group of young players, there's a lot of quality there. There's quality there in the fact that Saka and Smith were already in the England side, uh, you know, in the England squad. Saka has been obviously in the England side. Odegaard is captain of Norway. And Martinelli, I think, is is tremendous. I think his seeding is, is really high, you know, and, it, you know, fantastic player. Reminds me a bit of, almost like we've said it on other streams I've done, uh, Alexis Sanchez almost 100%. in the way he's you know, that high energy uh, running and the way he presses. The hunger of the man is quite good as well. Like yeah. he almost had a lovely assist for, I believe, Sam yeah. dragged it wide against Leeds. Yeah, and then then if you look at the back, uh, even sort of like Ramsdale, Tommy Asu, White, and Gabriel, they're not. They're all young players. They're all young, and, and so there's quite there's definite quality there. And I think these, you know, the, over the next few years, if this group stays together with the right additions around them, uh, with you know, as we talked about today on your on your stream in central midfield and maybe a quality striker, I think they could get to a really high ceiling and push us challenging for trophies. I do see quality there. So, and I think Arteta has to be given credit for that. 100%. Um, the funny thing is with Arteta, when we lost to Everton, Everton, uh, we lost to Everton, everyone wanted him out. All of a sudden, everyone's now saying he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I, I like think that. It is like that. And I'm not a flip-flop. I'm basically somebody who sits in the middle Basically, and just it's, a, it's just realistic. I mean, he's a bright young coach. I think he's inexperienced. Um, he was not my first choice when we picked him, but I think that you know um, I've seen signs that he's improving, uh, and um, you know I, I think that there's always going to be pressure at a big club like Arsenal. Um, he has to accept that, but I think you know you judge people at the end of every season. I think, and uh, I think the he has to get Arsenal into Europe this season, uh, at least the Europa League, at least the Europa League. If he got us into the Champions League next season, everybody would be probably not having this debate, would they? Uh, so Be overachieving, he, really. He has to deliver European football. I think that was the uh, target for this season. And I do see him, you know, it's, it's been a, you know, a poor start. We lost our first three games. I think we're the first team since Wimbledon in 1996-97 to be in the top four at Christmas, having lost our first three games. So, and and he was dealt a harsh blow at the start of the season with COVID, you know, COVID in the camp and uh, Gabriel and the party not fit at the start of the season and um, Saka uh, Martinelli couldn't play at the start because of the Olympics. Saka had the Euro stuff. Yeah. Saka was uh, just come back from England duties and was burnt out. So, so he had a really difficult start based on circumstances. Uh, and all of a sudden, we had he turned it around. We did have a little blip. And, and when you've got a young team, Deluda, you're going to have blips. You're going to have, you're gonna have many of them. bits of inconsistency. It's just a question of whether you've got the quality to overcome those bits of inconsistency to, at the end of the season, deliver. And I think that's the challenge. So where I am with him, I'm, I'm where I've always been with him. I'm never an Arteta in and Arteta out. 
I, I don't look at managers like that personally. I understand it's the, the narrative now in football. Um, I, I, I support Arsenal in the 80s when if it comes seventh or eighth, the managers were never under pressure. <laughs> it's it's yeah. amazing how football is I'm now. I'm a Wenger, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so look, with Arteta, I think he's, he's going to be under pressure, though, because uh, the way football is now. So he's got to deliver European football at the end of the season. If he doesn't deliver it, we finish eighth again, say, I think it'll be, I'm not saying his position will be untenable, but he would be under enormous pressure, so would the club. Facts, you said it there. I feel, you know, the position we're in now, I actually, on one hand, I don't like saying finishing fourth for Arsenal is overachieving or we're over overachievement or we're overachieving necessarily. But on the other hand, I do think we are. I do I do like the fact that we, to coin my own phrase, are overachieving because when that normalisation or bumps, as we said, happens, then maybe that might just coast us through if we are to land at minimum into a Europa League place. How confident are you in him, you know, or I know you're not, you ain't got a crystal ball, but how confident are you in Arsenal being able to see this task through because we've still got what 20 odd games we're in December it's great right now you know this it could last man I want it to last forever Christmas is amazing yeah um, I, th I think look, I, I think the Man City and Liverpool will compete for the league I think Chelsea are showing a slight vulnerability right now uh, that they've lost players uh, that they've got no striker at the moment uh, although they've got their main strikers I mean uh, like Lukaku and Werner uh, I, uh, I think that Lukaku suddenly, after looking like he was going to solve their problems, has not quite delivered what everyone thought he would. Presented more problems. So, yeah, I think, and obviously Chelsea have lost one. They've got a few injuries at the back as well. So, I think that I always thought the league would be between Man City and Liverpool. I thought Chelsea would make up the top three, and I thought the top four was the top, the fourth position at the start. I thought would go to Man United. The way it's unravelled, I just think now it's up for grabs. Uh, I do think that. I think that. Although um, uh, has gone, I still don't think Man United are great uh, and I don't think they're nailed on to get fourth. Uh, I think fourth, the door is ajar there for fourth place, 100%. Exactly. I think we're in the running. I think we're in the running. I think uh, there's, there's us, there's Man United, there's Tottenham and there's West Ham. Uh, I think they're, they're going to be the, uh, the clubs who are going to uh, will be contesting this position. Uh, and um, look, I, I, a few weeks ago, I would not have thought we would be where we are now. Um, and football can change very quickly. So I'm uh, not counting me chickens. So we could go on a bad run. You know, I look at our next few fixtures, apart from Man City, and think they're winnable games, you know. So uh, Norwich and Wolves, if we take maximum points there, that puts us into a really good position going into the Man City game. And we don't know, to be fair, football's going to have a little break with, the, with what's going on in the world at the moment. It could well be put on hold for a couple of weeks. I think it might not, but you never know. But if we play those two games and win those two games, we go into Neo in a really good position nearly halfway through the league season. Um, so our aim has got to be the best of the rest apart from these three. People are starting to say we can nick third place. I still think Chelsea have got too much quality. Uh, Let's keep so, our feet on the ground, people. I, I just think the top three will be Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea. That's that would be my order. Uh, and uh, But I do think we're there. We've got a genuine chance of fourth place. I didn't see it pre-season. I certainly didn't see it after three games. The fact that we're in fourth place going into Christmas for the first time for 20-odd years, you've got to give credit to the club, to Arteta, the recruitment, uh, the, the players who deliver on the pitch. Uh, and, you know, I think there's every reason to be positive and optimistic. And I think we've got to get behind the club, you know, get in the ground, you know, I'll go to the home games, obviously, get in the ground and support the team and drive them on. Uh, and... You know, I, I think we've got a chance. I do. I do think we've got a chance. Uh, it obviously relies on players staying fit. Um, 
it relies on, you know, um, if you get injuries in positions that you can't cover, that's always going to be a problem. And I don't think we've got the quality of depth for some, maybe, say, Man United, for example. But, uh, look, I think we've got a great chance now. I think we're there. Uh, and, and you'd never, if you'd said to me back in uh, August after the, after right, the uh, for it. Man City game, I'd have laughed at you. I would have probably put me mortgage on the fact we wouldn't be in the top three, you know, uh, top four. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, we've got a chance, mate. We want to see like you said, man, I think football has a funny old way of just humbling people. And I think like the, the, the segment you just said about Arteta sums it up. I feel there's too much, you know, I feel people want to look at football black and white. You have to be an yeah. Arteta apologist or you have to hate the guy. We're really yeah. meant to be loyal to Arsenal Football Club. And you touched on it. I just feel, you know, we've, we, we have to cri cri uh, criticise the club when they do bad. Right now, things are going well. I think there's many things we could do better. We still ain't played completely convincing over 90 minutes but they've earned this position in the same way you make your own luck when we've messed about our season's really been written off in previous years now it's down to these boys they can't count their chickens before it hatches as you said and we need to just deliver and that's something I actually liked um, against West Ham and Leeds because I did feel again to go back to the Southampton at home game it still felt like we was licking our wounds in the first 20 minutes <laughs> after what happened to us on the road and I've seen like real decisiveness from us so like you said the thing that scares me yeah. is injuries if a few players stop scoring then we might be in some trouble I personally believe we have a chance of top four if we mess it up it's off our own back but we definitely should be getting in Europe really and truly I want to ask you about a couple of players because you know we've spoken about the good players the players that are actually playing you know it feels like it was a year ago but I haven't had the chance to speak to you about Aubameyang or Pepe's situation. Now, Pepe's got nothing to do with what's happening with Aubameyang, but where are you at with Pepe now that Martinelli's emerged and, you know, Pepe can't buy any minutes? And obviously, where are you at with this Aubameyang stuff? Well, I think that uh, Pepe is now well down the order, isn't he? Uh, yeah. I think he's an unused sub in about six of seven of the last eight games or something like that. And um, so and when he came on, he gave him... 10 minutes in one game in the rain at Everton, didn't he, or wherever it was? Was it? Yeah, uh, it's where you can't really do much, yeah. Uh, or very little time. I forget the game he came on at now. Um, That's where we're really at. Much. I, just, I, I, I think that... I do think that these both players are in positions where you can see Arsenal sort of moving them on. I, I think... I'm not saying I'm in that position, because I, I think Pepe... We, I think there's a talent there. I really do. I do, I do like him. Uh, and... Uh, you know, he's a goal-scoring threat, but for some reason, Saka offers, offers more to him than him on the right. Um, the way Arteta wants to use him, I think, don't think suits the way he wants to play, if I've been absolutely honest. I think he's too one-dimensional. Um, and then on the left, which you think he could offer something on the left, now he's got Martinelli emerging, who sees his chance. So, and almost like the door there, unless these players get injured, he's not going to get a chance, is he? Uh, he could get in, uh, obviously... He might play against Sunderland this week. He, he, you know, there's a possibility he might be used in that game. Um, but I think that he's well down the pe pecking order. And, and the rumours coming out of the club last week was he's looking at his options again. So, um, and that tells me that he's frustrated of lack of his of lack of game time. Uh, where I'm with the Bamiang was obviously I'm a massive Pierre Emmerich Bamiang fan, so um, it hurts me where he's at. I was, you know, I, I was I understood what happened last week, the way the club took the stance they did. Uh, I think the fact that previous captains have disrespected the position that went against him, Arteta has been very good to him. So I think possibly it could have been done in-house, but the, the thing is, when you're doing an Amazon documentary, how can you keep it in-house? 
<laughs> exactly that. It's, it's yeah. So, yeah, who knows? Maybe they've both been put up to it. It's always like these days in the modern media world, we just talked about the way that football's black or white. It's almost impossible to keep anything in house. In my day, you used to sort of get information on CFAX. Uh, these days, it sort of <laughs> it drops. It drops in from about twenty different angles, then it on social everyone, media. Everyone, everyone on Twitter knows what's happening. Yeah, everyone. So you just can't, you can't keep things in house now. And so I, I think that, that I looked at a, a stat that might, to me, be um, pivotal here in this Aubameyang situation. Since last season, we've we've taken less points than when he started to when he's played. It's something like uh, one point four eight points per game. When he's um, played, when he's not played, we average one point six nine points a game. It's not much, but the, that's you telling. Tell to you me something. We, and, and the reason why I use that is I think the team has moved away from him in a funny sort of way. The way we're playing now, it's almost like the team has gravitated away from him. Um, I think he's somebody. Who, the unbalance um, in the side right now, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't. I, I've always felt that he doesn't suit the way probably Arteta wants to play. Um, I, I think that you know, I, I think you know, I, I see that, that comment there about disrespect and all that. Um, I, I, I you know, uh, these footballers are highly paid people who, who, who basically have to buy into the culture, the club, the values of the club, respect rules and regulations. Um, so if you don't do that, you sometimes face the consequences, and I think that probably this feels like after this. He's, you know, the way Arteta's now sort of like continuing the punishment in a way. Uh, I, I think that he, he'll probably go. I, I think now both him and Pepe probably won't be at the club next season. Would you say Aubameyang in January or the summer? The, the problem with Aubameyang is, is that he's on such high wages. I don't know who's going to take him and where he's prepared to take a drop in wages. So there was out on his loyalty bonus. Yeah, there's there's links to the Juventus, but you'd have to take a massive. There's not a lot of money in Italian football at the moment. You'd have to take a massive drop in wages. I don't think you're prepared to do that. So it's another sort of unfortunate situation like we had with Meza Ozil, where we're playing you, prime. Speaking dollar. of Ozil, would we rip, would you rip it up like Ozil then? Which a year from him signing the deal, really? Would it, you know? Is there a reality for that where you see that happening with the club then? I don't know if we can afford to keep ripping up contracts. Though. Uh, I, I think we should. I, 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 you know. Uh, I, I think that um, look, I think I think that he'll still be part of the squad for this season, uh, to be honest. But I can see if the opportunity presents himself, they'll probably move at least one of them on. That's what I think. That's it, man. And I feel January is going to be a, a very weird one because I feel we're in a good place. You know, players have had opportunities, some more than others. But I just look at a few names, you know. You can imagine the headlines with Enketia, Balogun to a degree, Lacazette, Aubameyang, El Nene, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who's somewhat a forgotten man as well. There's going to be a lot of speculation about players. Um, I hope we sign a midfielder as opposed to a striker if we have to only do one in January. Whether that happens is another thing. So where are you at with, to, to wrap this up, where are you at with some Sunderland then like um you know are you rotating players are you naming a strong side you know would you give yeah. a start where are you at with yeah, I, look I, I think this is a game where they can rotate a bit Sunderland yeah. uh, obviously a uh, lower league team uh, down the leagues not a high you know so we're at home as well I think uh, yeah, I would rotate for this game uh, I haven't yet worked out how I'd rotate but I would give an opportunity also you, you want to give certain players games to keep them 
sharp, fit, you know, to keep him involved, feel part of the group. Fair. Because we've, we've played the same team now for four or five games, so it might be an idea to give a player a rest, I think. Um, Tommy Asu definitely know, after the, the, the call yeah. straight or whatever. And so I, I think that, you know, you could maybe Smith Rowe could play in this game as he hasn't played in the, the last few. He's been coming off the bench. I think Rob Holding would get minutes. Obviously, Leno would come in. Uh, Cedric would play. Probably Arneni would play in midfield. Um, Tavares and the Ketia Ket- would play as well. So I, I think I think you can do that uh, in this game. Sunderland are two divisions down, are they? Two or three divisions down yeah, now? Yeah, League One. So, yeah, I, I think he'll rotate and, and give the opportunity to some of the players who haven't been playing. Makes sense, makes sense. Final question then, score predictions. Pardon? Score, final question would be for you, Graham. Score prediction. Uh, I think it'll be a comfortable Arsenal win. Even we rotate, I'll 2-0. I can't do I was going to go for the jugular. I was going to say 4-1. I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. <laughs> something for the travelling Sunday. Well, I'll, be, I'm always, I'll, I'll tell you what, I don't do Super 6 because I'm crap at predictions. So, uh... <laughs> Join the club, man. We're probably yeah, I mean, you'd, to you'd like to think it'd be 3-4-0, wouldn't you? But, uh, but, yeah. Do you know, I'm no, just no, hoping no. that Enketi, I just have a feeling Enketi is going to bag a couple. The rotated players, one or two will grab but The thing is, when, when, Eddie, when Eddie came on at Everton, he, he had that poor miss. But I actually thought he played well when he came on. Uh, yeah, and, not and, more than Aubameyang, really. And we saw in that game we talked about the uh, we've given Arteta praise for for the for the coaching and the structure. In the Everton game, there's a lot of criticism of the structure, the fact that, that we were too structured. And then all of a sudden, the last ten minutes, it's almost like the handbrake came off, and the players just thought, "Sod this, we ain't going to play anymore the way he wants us to play. Exactly. We're just going to start running past people, running at people." Uh, and Nketiah was central to all that, and he created some really good. Opening through doing that, and he led. It was his running that set up the chance for a Bamiang, which he side footed wide. So, so um, you know, I think Eddie. I think, uh, albeit the bad miss, uh, he, he 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 scored goals early in the competition against Leeds. I think it was. You know, I think he deserves a chance, and 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 he's playing well enough. And I think he's been our starting you know, striker in this, really. So. Yeah, so I, I I can see him starting. Yeah, so I I expect us to progress. Um, Hopefully the uh, COVID champions Tottenham will go out. So, um, and by the way, that's the <laughs> the great, the great, the great, the great news today uh, well, is that they they've been given a battering, haven't they? Three 0 by Rings. Yeah, not <laughs> <laughs> even playing well. Spurs, I, I, I really enjoyed that when I heard that this morning. But, um, but uh, yeah, oh, so it'd be nice to see West Ham knock them out actually. But because uh, well, I don't think West Ham at the moment are struggling with injuries themselves, and, and they're all joking aside, I think Conte is starting to make them a bit more, uh, you know, back to where they were, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, that was a really good performance. Yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, it'd be great. I mean, this would be great if we get through. The, 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 the draw's been kind. I just hope we take advantage of it and book our place in the semi-finals. Facts. In fact, last, last question. I know I'm asking you to jump into the future, but what are you looking at in terms of Norwich then, if we were to park the cup game off and look at Norwich? Because on, on one hand, I expect it to be, you know, you should turn up there and win. But Carroll Road, they're fighting relegation. We still ain't got the best of records on the, on the road. And there were elements of that at Ellen Road, really. Yeah, I agree. I, I think this team has really has found a way to win at home. We've got, uh, when we went into that Leeds game, no team has won more games at home in the Premier League than Arsenal. And only Watford have lost more games away in the Premier League than Arsenal. So that was quite significant result against Leeds because we haven't been great on the road. As you said, we haven't been great. We 
We've, we find a way to win at home, but we struggle to find a win away. Uh, I don't know why that is. Um, familiarity, obviously, a, a home advantage might be part of it. A young group probably struggle more away from the comforts at home. It could be that. Um, but for all that, Norwich is a team, a bit like Leeds. They've got a few players out uh, and, and they're down the bottom. When we played them early in the season, they sat in a really low block. Uh, and we struggled to break them down. I think we scored halfway through the second half, and it wasn't a great performance but, At all. because that was our first win of the season. So the Norwich fixture was our first win this season. wasn't convincing, but it was important to win the game. I think that they'll be slightly more open at home because when you play at home, I don't think you can just sit in front of your own fans in a low block. Accept that, yeah. So hopefully that will give the space to, to our key players to make a mark, but they're not just going to allow us to sort of like run off us. So it'd be interesting to run off them, sorry. So it'd be interesting to see how they set up. Um, we got a lot more quality than Norwich. So um, just hope that that quality shines through on the day. But if, for all that, we need to, I think in the last few games, what I've been really impressed by is that we're, we've been aggressive, intense. Uh, and, and that is, uh, we've sort of like targeted weaknesses of the opposition and gone for it right from the start. Like the young right back against Leeds. And also, when we scored a goal, we looked to get a second goal. Whereas early in the season, we weren't doing that. We were sitting off more. So Especially away from uh, home that harmed us. Yeah, I think this intensity and aggression is, is something that I liked. And, um, and and I think that's... If we go into the game against Norwich with uh, displaying those sort of characteristics, I think, you know, hopefully your quality shines through. Because, you, you know, as long as you're... You have to win the right to win football matches. You have to win the right for your quality to show through. And if, you're right not, if you're not at it, you know as yourself, you understand the game. You played the game as well. So you know it's, you've got to show that character on the pitch to to, to win that sort of like uh, right to be. You don't win it on paper. Quality, you know, so, and, 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 and I think the boys have shown that in the last few games. And I just hope it carries on at Norwich. Um, if, if, we play, if we play that way, I think that we it should get the result. Like you said, man, I think we should. We, you know, I think we could, but whether we do is another thing. I feel, you know, as you said, we've got to silence the 12th man. Respectfully, when we look at Norwich, I'm looking at Wolves because I do think against City, they were unfortunate. Against Chelsea, they were quite unfortunate. I think, you know, yeah. well, last time we they're, played, Wolves, they ain't been playing Taylor. They're, they're a very hard team to break down, Wolves, aren't they? And, uh, and I think that'd be a very difficult game. Wolves at home will be a really tight, difficult game. Um, but I think, uh, as in football, uh, deluded one game at a time. <laughs> Definitely we're asking. than this week in the League Cup, the next league game is, is Norwich. I think that I've got this funny feeling that after the Norwich game, they might put the league season on hold for a couple of weeks. So this, this funny feeling that they, You're not alone. they might even move to empty stadiums or something like that. I think something's going to happen the way that the world's going at the moment. Um, and so that Wolves game might not happen, but... If it is, that's the game I'm going to. I've got a ticket night game. So. Fingers, everything crossed that it goes ahead. Personally, I, I agree with you. I think you will see behind closed doors just because it doesn't make sense, especially when games are being cancelled. I think it was Burnley against Villa. You've made all those thousands of people kind of congregate and then told them two hours later, you know, that it isn't happening. And away from just, you know, disappointing people, they've literally just congregate, raised potential infection rising levels for, for what really? And the longer football is on, I mean, society can't combat this because football is a major reason as to why it could potentially spread because of the people traffic so I think you're right on that we're going to see behind closed doors it probably might affect Arsenal because we're not going to have the 12th man at the Emirates really but it might make our way form better so 
who knows, man? Who knows? Graham, it's been fantastic having you here. Is there any other content to come from you today, this week? or? Um, well, funny enough, uh, there is actually. I'm sort of like, I've had a busy day today. Um, and tonight at, so I'm not, I'm not like you, mate. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm oh, not. Man. By the way, your channel is, uh, is really, it's continues to get good numbers. So I've Appreciate noticed that, you know, sort of big up people uh, and really excellent content. I enjoyed the one you did with Mo the other night. I really Thank you that. very much, man. Uh, so, um, uh, yeah, so tonight, funny enough, the same old Arsenal returns for a Christmas special. <laughs> oh, definitely so Craig, Craig and the boys are back. Lee Judges, myself, Harry Simu, Dan Potts uh, and Mark uh, will be back doing a special Christmas same with Arsenal because obviously Craig gave it up because he 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 decided he didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, we've coaxed him to come back tonight to do a Christmas show. So, so we we did have sort of like secret Santa presents lined up, but a few of them haven't arrived. Good old Royal Mail let us down. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's, we're having a Christmas special reviewing the Arsenal tonight, uh, eight o'clock uh, on YouTube. Same old Arsenal hosted by Craig. No doubt we'll be taking the piss out of Harry uh, and his love for Granite Jacker throughout the show. So if you want to see Harry get ripped out about his love for Granite Jacker. <laughs> you know where to be at 8 p.m., yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, uh, thanks for inviting me on, as ever. Great content from you. Enjoy talking to you. And, and, and invite me back next month and we'll have another chat next month. Uh, definitely will. Definitely. Do these every month, mate. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, you're doing fantastic work there on your channel. I appreciate that, Graham, man. Stop cutting onions, man. But yeah, definitely, man. I mean, hopefully in January when you're next here, we're still positive. We're still smiling. Who knows, man? We've appreciated having you lot. As Graham said, you know where to be at 8 p.m. Make sure you're following him on Twitter and all his socials. And stay safe, stay COVID-free, and we'll love and leave you lot, people. On that note, we're out. We're out. Peace. <laughs>